All right, welcome to another episode of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, episode 105. Joining you here the last week of September, September 25th, 2022. Tyler McGurk joining me, week three NFL on tap. We will get into that. We'll touch on the Raider, Raiders Titans big game to avoid 0 3 later. Uh, we got the primetime game to get into later with Niner, with the Niners and Nico's. Uh, because Broncos over there with uh, Tyler's guy, Russell Wilson at the QB. So we'll see if the Niners can uh, get that done later today. Just a quick shout. We're brought to you also by variety sports network. Also go uh, check out our, check out their uh, channel, their feed. They have a lot of, a lot of great podcasts, not just ours on there uh, from all over different places, fantasy football uh, that we just got a Falcons guy, a Falcons podcast on there now too. So, Go over Variety Sports Network, check that out. We're, again, me and Tyler are proud to be uh, part of that. Um, Tyler, a lot to get into this week. Uh, no Casey this week, but we might be going a little quicker, but uh, there's a lot, to, a lot to touch on. Kind of a crazy week in some ways. Uh, but first, what's up with you? Anything uh, anything going on in your life? Uh, what's up? Well, I re-kicked up the I Am Him podcast. That is Brian true. Johnson. That was a lot of fun. We're doing that every whenever we can get it out. Um, get Brian out of that shell a little bit. Yeah, trying to get Brian to relax, have a little fun. And he's done we want, fun. We want he's him to uh, text. You want him to try to text, right? How he talk how you yes, text. Yes, I want the passion <laughs> the text messages bring. I'm, he's getting better, and he's very good oh, in great. between the shows. He's very active, and I enjoy that part of it. Yep. And he's good during the show. Um, and then... Uh, next Sunday, after our Fat Boy Fadeaway podcast, I'll be on the Power 32 doing the Jeopardy. I'm excited for that. And so I've been busy in the podcast world a little bit. Yeah, what well, Jason, uh, well, Jason Fearman. Fearman over there doing the, uh, does the Jeopardy show. I'm trying to get on there too. Tuesdays are going to be tough for me, but we'll see if we can work something out, maybe a Saturday or something. But yeah, I saw the one with P Shark on there, right, Harris. So that'll be fun to see you on there. You got to represent the podcast, got to win, got to get that NFL knowledge down. Uh, got to get Emily tested you at 1983 NFL knowledge. No, just kidding. <laughs> the wide receivers of the 1983 class. So yeah, it'll be fun to, you, uh, look. to see you on that. You also, like you mentioned, you got the I am him podcast back over there. So uh, it's good to see you kind of getting that thing mm-hmm. fired up again over too. So yeah, a lot going on with you this week. Um, yeah. I think it was interesting. You talked about Brian there with the podcast and uh, again, that's, I feel like that's part of the reason this thing just keeps going. It's, I feel like, I don't know if you ever noticed it, but I feel like just slowly we meet more people. Like we just like, and not just randomly meet them. We actually kind of feel like, you know, in the Twitter world, they're a little like kind of friends a little bit. You're kind of talking to them and stuff and they're trying to help you and you're trying to help them. You got the same kind of desire in that regard, but yeah, yeah. I do shout out those people because there are certain ones that you do feel like, Hey, they're actually legitimately do maybe want to try to help you out in the same regard. So uh, shout out those people, uh, and of course, people that leave comments. Your brothers left a, co- left a couple of comments late, uh, lately. Damian Adams as well, and uh, so just want to shout out those guys as uh, as well um, uh, for uh, you know just kind of that little chain there that keeps this thing going a little bit. So, with that said, episode- well, I'd be remiss not to shout out Let's Be Real and Sharky and Savage. Those are the well, guys for sure, for sure. Day I, one, yeah. And I think they know that I, we shall. I obviously think they're on the top of the list there. But yes, for sure, uh, shout them out as well. And but a lot of other people, you know, that we just kind of meet, not even that are into the podcast game, but just kind of refer, uh, they kind of just talk to us on it uh, yeah. for stuff. So good stuff there. All right. So, like I said, a lot to get into this week. Um, 
I thought, speaking of Damian Adams, I thought kind of an interesting like topic we kind of get it going on was he brought up uh, getting dunked on or crossed up in his in one of his tweets this week. And um, I just thought, like, that's kind of an interesting thing. For me, I never even dreamed of dunking. So that was never even a thought, yeah. never even a thought of, like, yeah, I guess the the emotion of it, you know, would have crossed my mind, like dreaming of it or something like that. And, you know, we all watched or, you know, thought about that moment. But uh, crossed up, you know, and I never would say I really, like, crossed any of, uh, anybody up, like, terribly either. So I don't really know that feeling of going at somebody like that and being crossed up. I'm, I know I've got crossed up. My brother has obviously done it to me a few times. But so they made they most people were saying that getting crossed up wasn't as big a deal. Uh, you know, getting dunked on is a little bit more memorable. What are you kind of what are your thoughts of that? I mean, living in suburbia, white uh, northern California for the most part, I just never even processed getting dunked on like in a nasty way, like a Chris, a Chris a sack on Chris Dudley dunk, like just wasn't gonna happen. So, yeah, the cross, so getting crossed up's always been like. Oh, that's more embarrassing, like than I could imagine. I, I mean, getting dunked on has to be more embarrassing. If someone puts their nuts in your face, it's got to be one of the most embarrassing things. Like, at least aimed, like make you pissed off at that. Like, I don't blame Chris Dudley for throwing the ball at Shaq. I always feel like, also, like to also get dunked on, you have to try to go block a shot. And always, yeah, and I'm not protecting the rim like that either. So, well, yeah. and just in general, though, like not even us, more just in, like taking it to the pro level here is you know, I always want the guys to go for the block shot, so I, that's why I guess the dunk it feels better to me. But I also probably because of what you said in our background, the crossover always has felt a little bit more, uh, as though, like, oh, like that, yeah, like the Bay Area. I mean, the, the dunk is obviously electric, it's the biggest thing. But I was just meeting in terms of embarrassing to that other person. Where does it rake a little bit? To me, if you get crossed up. So I was thinking of a few good ones along the way, if you can remember some. And I looked up a couple as well. So this is more like the last 10 years, a couple that came around. I remember on the James Harden one, I guess, Wesley Johnson when he was on the Clippers. You remember that one? It was like, uh, yeah, yeah, and he stood there. And Wesley Johnson's like smiling as he's falling down almost. Like he's like, ah, oh, dang it. Like, yeah, and then Harden looks at him for a few minutes. <laughs> Harden had a few good ones. He's dropped a few people in the last 10 years. That that he's he, to me, he's got some of the best crossovers there. So he was a couple that crossed my mind. Uh, I remember another one with Westbrook against Rittenauer on the T Wolf or way back in the early days. I mean, he just <laughs> I think fell back like 10 years. like a mismatch. But if you just look at the highlights of these, I mean, they're just falling back so far. Then Curry on Paul. That was the no, awesome. Paul said he was a couple on Paul. That was the one I, I had for sure. What one do you have? The one on the corner or the one at the top of the key? Well, I was thinking the one on the corner because yeah, the one that, the, that was more like me dropped him. And then the randomly, there's one I do remember it was Joe John. It was like old on old cry. It was Joe Johnson. He drove, he dropped Paul Pierce. <laughs> you should look it up. It's like no has like, actually a couple for being a six seven like big, big guard. Yeah, but it's the Paul Pierce, he like looks like he's just falling towards the ball. Like he's not even like <laughs> it just looks weird. You should check it out. So I think what do you think overall? The dunk up the dunk to me is just more, it's just I don't know, it's just so much more like let's go. It's more like the dramatic. I don't think I try not to think of it embarrassing on another person because I almost give the guy block trying to block the shot a lot of more credit. I don't know. That's a, I guess. No, but he's still getting dunked on. Like it's not know. like he did block the shot. He was ineffective in his defensive responsibility so it's not i don't i i i couldn't imagine the whole dunk thing is out of my mind it's like out of my like realm of what it would feel like 
Yeah. Well, I think you, for, you forgot the Jason Williams on Gary Payton uh, crossover. Like, oh, yeah, that was like, nasty. You know what I'm talking about? That was a nasty one. I think I always thought when you bring up Jason Williams, like making nice, like unreal passes was where my more embarrassment yeah, yeah, yeah. towards people went. That was where, you know, somebody that was like more like right around six feet. That was where my, where my lane was there. But I just thought that was an interesting uh, discussion they had. He got some. What do you think, Torres? I think I, it's kind of the way I'm talking. It kind of makes me seem like I'm saying cross, the crossover is a little bit worse, but I. I understand why people say the dunk. I mean, I get it, right? There is a part of the element to where it's like you just get hammered on, like where it's like, oh, that's terrible. But then you, a lot of yeah. them are the same guys. Like, I mean, they have to go for these blocks too. And so at the same time, I I don't know. I guess I just have always looked at it a little bit differently. No, I know it, but the crossover to be, it doesn't, you don't drop guys as often, I guess. So I don't know. I always find that one maybe in pickup, but not in the NBA. It doesn't happen as often. So, um, I, I think the crossover for me is the choice, but I think I'm, I think I was wrong. Uh, according to most people, I think I was uh, not in the, the higher percentage. I, I was definitely, most people wouldn't agree with me there. I think I, you're right. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because no one's going to remember Luka Doncic getting dunked on by Wiggins, like as a big thing for like that happened to Luka Doncic. I don't think. And then most people already forgot it happened on Luka Doncic. I did. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm talking about? The dunk yeah, in the playoffs. playoffs. Like, who did Morant dunk on? Who did Morant dunk on? What was that? Who did Morant dunk on, right? Wasn't that like the biggest dunk of the year? I mean, I'm sure Grizzly fans remember, but I don't remember anymore. Was it Edwards? I don't think it was Edwards. Was no, it Towns? I don't, know. I don't remember I don't know, for yeah. sure, yeah. but I do remember the dunk. Now, that could but, be fair. That could be said about the crossover as well. A lot of people don't always remember. But I remember some of them. Like, I remember Harden and Wesley Johnson. I remember Paul and so I think it just depends also on the fan and how big the play was. But um, all right, so that was a good discussion there to kind of start out a podcast here. Um, all right, let's move on. I think I'm going to do this a little differently since we kind of went a little longer there with that early discussion. Uh, let's go to uh, NFL week three here. Let's move right to the NFL here to get this thing going. The meat kicked the off. Um, it's been a rough start to the season for me. We talked about that after our Sunday, after our, on our Sunday night podcast. I hope people can check out. We got uh, did, we got much more viewership for it this week, so I was appreciative. And your cousin was interacting, and Pete Shark interacted, and a few other people. That was that was great to see Logan too on there. Uh, so I think it's a big week three this week. It, to me, it should be even more exciting. Our show talking the gridiron because Niners Broncos were going on at eight o'clock or right after the game. Uh, no, at eight o'clock during the game. So it should be pretty unreal to see your reaction live as we're doing it. Uh, so, and hopefully maybe we'll get some people to join us too. Hopefully it's a good game. Yeah. And obviously he's got the Bronco connection there too. Uh, Is Nico coming on? Where's Nico? Probably, the week? probably somewhere. He says he's always traveling. We're gonna, let's, let's guess the state. I'm going to say. He's in, <laughs> you want to guess? I'm going to say he's in New Orleans. This week. Uh, yeah, so, that, so we got that going on with the show this week. So with that said, NFL week three, we got – Raiders, they blow it last week, right? We already kind of talked about that. If Casey was on here, I'd want to touch on it a little bit more. But Murray just <laughs> just embarrasses the Raiders. In typical typical Raider fashion, have a 20-point lead. Offense does nothing. Defense can't hold the lead down the stretch. They have every opportunity. I mean, literally comes down to zero seconds left in the game. And they need two, they need two two-point conversions along the way. And like I've always said for years, the Raiders do not have a ever a clutch defensive gene. Not consistently ever. I mean, it's just the biggest fault of their whole entire just 20 year, 22 year crap, 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 crap 
crap, Tyler, crap. That's all I want to say about this team is crap, crap, crap. I don't even have anything analyst about it. <laughs> with that said, let's get into this crappy game at the radar. <laughs> Are you excited for it now, Raiders? Are <laughs> you excited to talk about the Raiders? About Raiders are minus two favorite, which I hate. I don't like them being a favorite on the road at all. That does not – that gives me, like, little hope that they could win the game. I'm sure, based on P. Shark's reaction, what I saw on his podcast yesterday was he was saying he thinks that the Raiders are the favorite, though, because uh, they need the game more. and The, the Titans played a worse division, which is true. The Titans are, well, even though the Titans would still be in it if they went 0 3, the Raiders would be hard pressed, it would feel like, at 0 3 to get in there. Yeah. I don't like that reasoning whatsoever, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to go with my more, my theory on that side of it, but let's go to your thought on it. I just, it's a frustrating start to this season. I mean, you blow a 20 point lead. Now they have to go to the Titans, who I don't know, I would think would be fully motivated. So, I don't know, your just thoughts there. Um, a week two was just a crazy week. That's why Kyler Murray got that contract. He just does crazy things like that. He is a maestro with the ball. Like when he's running around, there's no one better at it. Now uh, that's all I'm going to say about week two. The Raiders choked. Yeah. They, I don't want to get into them too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But going into week three, they got to stop the run. Henry could be have his feet back under him after this week. I feel like the Raiders. They just wake and wake like these ginormous beasts up when they are down. And this seems like a Henry big game coming. Um, but the good, the offense, I don't, I don't get how you guys are favorites. Like, I, I, I think because the Titans have those two injuries to the outside linebacker, they're, they're, to their outside they've linebacker. They've been out all year. It's not like you guys, I don't know. They, well, they lost, like, didn't they just lose their offensive tackle to uh, Lewin? Uh, for Lewin. Oh, yeah, right? they lost the one. So, and I know the Raiders don't have Renfro who got murdered last week. Uh, they all, so I don't know. I think the Raiders have a lot of more talent, I guess, on offense than maybe the Titans look to. And they have Titans have Tannehill. And I'll, not a lot of people, it's hard to put money on Tannehill, probably. <laughs> That's the thought, the theory there. But, anyways, a couple other thought, uh, notes here at the game. The Raiders' run defense has been really good this year, allowing 3.7 yards. Henry off to a little bit of a slow start, which kind of expected. 107 yards in two games. Again, makes me a little nervous as a Raiders fan. I believe the last time Chandler Jones played there, though, as a Cardinal, he destroyed Tannehill. Hopefully we can get uh, some more of that this week. All right, so that's the Raiders-Titans look ahead this week. I'm going to pick – I am going to pick the Titans to win this game. I just don't see the Raiders winning a road game like this. The Raiders – I had them – I just don't see it the way they're showing me – until their defense can actually show me a little life in a clutch situation, how can I pick my team to win a game on the road like this? How? How can I do that? So, yeah, it'd be tough to choose the Raiders at this point with the first two weeks they had. Like, it just. And I expect Titans they've shown nothing choose. in both second halves. They fought, they, was, like the first half, they've been fine, and then they just been very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah, how much? Who 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 gets the majority of this blame? Blame for this start. I don't even care at this point. Just win a freaking game. I mean, Carr, of course, three interceptions. That's the that, that first game. I feel like he gets the blame on the second game. It's just total offense. The defense. The defense has to close out a game like that. I don't even care How's if the, the offense. How's Devontae get two catches? That's, I don't know. Let's keep it moving. Niners-Broncos tonight, Sunday Night Football. You talked a little bit about the I Am Him podcast. Russell Wilson continues uh, at 17-4 against the Niners. Uh, the right Niners' here. daddy. But – he is in a different uniform this year. Does the luck change this week? I still got the Broncos to beat you guys this week. I feel like this is a game. You have the Broncos winning tonight? 
Yeah, I think the Broncos get you guys tonight in this game right here. Yeah. Jimmy G, I need to see it again, right? We got to see. I think the Niners fans, well, last week coming off a little bit of a honeymoon there, a little bit of a honeymoon with a little bit of a, it was a weird week probably for a Niners fan. You're like pissed, but then you also have this kind of Jimmy G, like, oh, now our Super Bowl expectations maybe are a little bit higher. It's very odd how that happens. Yeah. With, right? It was an interesting week for sure. But yeah, all it, it takes is one Jimmy G performance, missing guys across the middle, a couple unnecessary picks. I will give Jimmy G this, and I think a lot of people that were not in the Bay Area forgot this last year. He was, like, really banged up with his thumb the last few games. Like, I'm not saying he's good, but, I mean, he threw a noodle ball compared to how he usually throws a ball. And so he's a little bit better in that regard, but still there's decision-making. I've noticed that, like, remember the last, last few games he was throwing nothing. at the, they were, they like, could do nothing at all throwing the ball. But with that said, it's still Jimmy G. Your thoughts, Niners get the win this week? I think you downplayed Jimmy G a lot. I, he's not that bad. He was hurt last year in the playoffs. Like, he, he had bum shoulder, bum thumb. He's the offense instantly got better when he came in. The playbook opened up. They did that was what I was. I was like, wow, Kyle Shanahan's actually calling plays that look like Kyle Shanahan plays, like QB dives up the middle and read option every third play. That just they it's it just Trey didn't have the explosiveness running I was expecting. I was like, he doesn't seem like he's a dynamic like guy with the ball. So you actually feel better. I feel much better about the team this year. It sucks that we gave up three first-round picks, and we're, we have Trey. I feel way better about this. And Brian's out of his mind. You're not getting two first-round picks for him. No, we're not getting – we'd actually get a second-round pick. All right, how about Wilson, though, to the Broncos? that make a difference now? Do you feel, like, better about it? I mean, the Broncos are off to a little no, bit. No, I still I, – I hate playing Russell Wilson. He's, to me, I feel like the, the Broncos best. are in a good spot. They're an underdog at a home game tonight. I feel like that's, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a thing, too. So I, I, I yeah. kind of like the Broncos. Our defense is legit, though. I'm not worried it's about It's beyond it. legit. Stopping. Yes, I, like, I Russell agree. Wilson will have his moments where he – we'll see. I mean, he's always owned us, so, like, it's hard to see him <laughs> yes. see us beating him. But I think we have every opportunity. Oh, I like, we are, have a better team than the Denver Broncos right now. Show me team – let's go to the big picture here. Show me team of week three. Is there a team that needs to, like, show you something? Who are you looking for? Just give me it's the Colts. All right. Just throw me something. Don't get blown light, out. A little pulse? Just a little pulse? What was that? A little pulse? Just a little yeah, bit? <laughs> a little bit. I, that was my bold prediction this week. Colts beat the Chiefs. They're at a spot. That's my bold. That's a wild pick. That, that's, a, that's the bold, bold <laughs> prediction this week that I'm going there. Yeah, no, to me, that's a beyond show me team of the week. You have to step up in some regard. Show me you have some sort of life and you can do anything. Yeah. For me, the other team, you have to. And they're also not a good spot in terms of, I guess, the other way. is It's got to be the Bengals. you got to show me something, too, on offense a little bit. The offensive line, can you not allow 12 sacks? Can you not do it? So those are the teams that I would say are big for week three. Um, just to show me just a little bit of something there. Give me some life there. Um, and then I kind of I kind of also want to put the Cardinals on there, too. Just, uh, I mean – those were not playbook plays that Murray was running. So I just kind of want to see if they actually can actually do that again, which I kind of not sure about. All right. Uh, Nobody believes in Cliff Kingsbury. Like, no. And the, in the, in like all you said, Murray with that playbook, none of that is playbook related. Like it's not no. like, it's just like scrolling, you know, whatever. And to his credit, that's part of the game. You know, he does that better than almost anybody. Uh, any other thing you want to get into week, uh, week three wise? Any I mean, other games you thought? No. Uh, 
Yeah, the, only, the only other game I thought was kind of maybe interesting with legend wise is the Rogers Brady, but I'm not really that those teams don't really excite me. So I'm not like, I'm not a big nostalgic guy for the NFL. Like I am other sports like in that regard. Now, so. I mean, I want to see the Eagles. I want to see two, the two overs, the Bills game, Bills versus um, Dolphins is going to be good. Shout out to Henry, his Lions and Vikings game. That actually is a kind of a, I usually never about an NFC North fan. I actually am kind of low key kind of wondering who wins that game. Uh, especially the Lions can pull it out. Yeah, the, the Lions are super interesting. They just have talent all over the offense. The league is better. When the, could you imagine the Lions ever in a Super Bowl? That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. No, that. It's like one of those things you can't imagine it. Uh, so that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how the Ravens respond this week against that, against the Patriots. Could you imagine blowing a game like that to the Dolphins and then losing to the to uh, at New England? It's at New England. Fair. Um but that, man, that'd be a rough couple of weeks there. So, all right. So, again, join us tonight, Sunday night game. Big Red Eye. I'm looking forward to that tonight. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be good. So, uh, that's the <laughs> NFL for the week. Um, before we take a break here, let me kind of get into our sponsor here, Row One Brand uh, at Cool Stub. You can follow them. Use, like I said, mention Variety Sports Network. Go on to their, uh, go on to their site. Uh, use the code VSP15 and get anything 15% off their out, uh, art gallery. They got good stuff over there. Uh, they, they got like old kind of fashion style uh, pictures, football pictures, college stuff, um, baseball, I like the baseball stadium things there. So uh, they can put it on different backgrounds too. The wood ones to me are pretty cool. So uh, go over to uh, row one brand at cool stub on Twitter. Again, use the, the code VSP 15 and you'll get 15% um, off anything over at uh, row one brand and the art gallery there. So uh, proud sponsor of them. Always like interacting with them on Twitter as well. Um, and they'll be watching the football games over there. So with that said, Tyler, um, why don't we take a quick little, actually just keep it, just keep it rolling here. I did the, I did it a little bit differently this week where I kind of kept the, I wanted to do uh, kind of some news stories from the week. So here's the top stories news wise I got from the week and that kind of in the sports world kind of related to us a little bit. Number we'll, do, we'll go kind of go in order from um, worst to first, I guess we'll do it that way. Andre Iguodala, the Warriors, he's, he resigns with the Warriors this week. Um, he, I, I think it's a big addition for them just from the standpoint of he just, I feel better when he's there when he, than he's not there. Let's just put it that way. So, like, even if he's, like, in a minor role and just know he's there for a Kaminga, if I know he can maybe get on the court and play a little bit at times and be healthy, I just feel like I'd rather have him there than not there. So, I'm me and Mateo are on the same page in that regard. So, Mateo with you. I want Iguodala on the team, so I'm glad he signed with them. Believe it or not, the Warriors do have their first preseason game next Friday, 6 a.m. Will you be up in Japan to watch the game against the Washington uh, wizards there and the so now it's i mean it's already here basketball's here believe it or not like so the warriors are getting started camp is here i'm excited for it uh you know we're master basketball fans here so yeah. um Iguodala start there what do you think the resigning there uh i have one rule i don't want any exhibition sports and um not even basketball no i'm not watching exhibition sports um as far as especially in japan no, i don't care <laughs> Uh, might be up at 6 a.m. I'm not as excited as you and that are about it. I don't think it's not, I, I, like you said, I'd rather have him there. But if he wasn't there, I wouldn't be concerned to be like, oh, I don't think he helps us really in any way other than mentoring the young guys, which I'm glad he's there to do. 
So if he was like an assistant coach, I'd be just as excited as him being on the roster. Uh, I mean, exactly. I think that's the big reason too. Is for me, it's the Kaminga aspect. The mentoring thing. Yeah, I thought like, it was interesting this week too, also with the, the Warriors, uh, her and Myers, who don't usually speak this way unless they actually mean it, is Stephen A. Smith. They were not happy with him uh, with his report on Kaminga earlier in the summer where it said something like he was, I remember reading, I should have looked up the exact quotes, but it was something in the regards of, yeah, he had, he had been, it kind of looked like he maybe what had him in working as hard and maybe he needed to do and some of the things well, he wasn't doing everything the Warriors maybe had asked but Myers and Kerr came out pretty strong about that so we'll see where that goes <laughs> with their relationship going forward I'm sure it'll be fine uh but Iguodala back to the Warriors I think it's a, I think it's a big deal for him I don't think he's quite in the Haslam role yet so I think he's still got a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, look, I don't think he's played 13 minutes this year. I think he's going to get a little bit more run than that. So, uh, or whatever Haslam got last year, that was a joke or something. 20 yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Number four news story of the week, Becky Hammond and the Las Vegas Aces uh, win the WNBA finals. I know me and you aren't big WNBA fans in that regard. We obviously respect the players. We, we watched a little bit. I know you had watched a little bit too. Casey is obviously the third member, and he's always our biggest WNBA fan, and of course he's not here. But with that said, the main topic I kind of wanted to get into, along with the Aces winning the finals, which was impressive, and they actually they have – I don't know all the players. They had some very good players on their team as well, um, especially that one girl. She's going right. She's unstoppable on her jumper. Um, yeah, unreal. No, not Plum. It was the other girl. Um, I didn't hear you cut out that moment. Becky Hammond, Aces, do you think – she went. She got. She immediately goes to the WNBA, gets a head coaching job. I know that the Aces were final, were the number one seed the year before when they lost. So she took over a good team. But I also know that they ran some. You know, it looked like she knew what she did with some out of bounds plays when I was watching too. I don't know. Do you think this leads to anything that her getting a shot in the pros? Do you think she even wants that? You know, based on yeah. her quote, not like she's desiring that at that moment, but it does sound like that's what she really wants to also is get a shot there. So. Does this help in any regard? Does she have to win another one? You know, where do you think this goes with Becky Hammond and like that pursuit of possibly getting an NBA job? I think it, I think she obviously wants to go to them. Yeah. I think it's yeah. everyone's dream. Um, I think it helps for sure. I think it like shows that she can lead a team to win, which is important. Does she, I think she'll get the, she'll be the first one to get a job. Will she be successful? It depends on the roster she's given. I wouldn't take a job that's going to be some city roster that, because they're not going to give you much time being who she is. It just so, feels like it's a line yeah, I to think be with she'll the Spurs. Get a job eventually. It just feels like the Spurs. It just feels like it's a line at some point to be with the Spurs, but we'll see if that. No, that makes complete sense. She's familiar with the organization and she like knows how everything's run there. So, and, why wouldn't she go to the Spur? Like, there's this, uh, yeah, I would, that makes a lot of sense. She's happening in real time right now. So I don't think we're looking at her as like a legend in some regards. But I was thinking about like, you know, when you do like reports as, as a kid on people that are made change barriers and made, broke ground mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, like, <laughs> I don't remember her name. I should know Ruth, Ruth something. I did a Ruth Dickerson or something like that. I did a Babe Dickerson. I did a report on a, a female golfer. She did a lot of stuff out of her time. I feel like Becky Hammond for like little girls, like 40 years from now, will be doing that kind of stuff with her. That's kind of how I feel uh, with, and other females yeah. as well, but just her in this regard. So I, I just feel like we kind of need to mention her. And that's a big deal this week. Uh, Aces winning the finals uh, and just kind of her 
progression. It just kind of, I just feel like she's just going somewhere. So I feel like whoever gets her as a coach is going in the right direction. Um, all right. Number three news story of the week. The most exciting news story of the week, I would say, in some regards, is we have uh, the Celtics. Uh, Ime Yoduka, the suspension of the year. Um, a lot of, <laughs> hit that mute button. The suspension of the year. Uh, he gets suspended for the, I mean, it was very vague. Obviously, something happened with a female employee in their, in their, um, uh, in their, in their office there, right? Somewhere in their, their HR, however, I'm, I'm not, the word isn't coming to my mind, but somewhere in their work, their work area, there are some sort of, there's some sort of, uh, something shouldn't have happened there. So just kind of your thoughts on it, like real quick with him being suspended for the year and just the whole idea of like, he must have done something pretty bad, but it just, it's really weird to me. They didn't fire him or there must be something I feel like paper, like somewhere legally that they just can't yeah, fire. Him. I just, I don't know. It's just a weird thing to me that like you're suspending him for the year and then we're bringing him back next year and everything's going to be fine. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's a weird, really weird deal. Yeah. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me that like a consensual relationship, which now they're saying might not be consensual, but that seems like, I don't know how that got out. Like, it just doesn't make sense to want. I mean, Joey Cora got a year in Boston. It's a Boston thing, I guess. You give a guy a year, let him forget what happened, and then bring him back, and everyone loves him once you win again. I don't. It doesn't make sense why you suspend a guy a year for a consensual relationship. I get that workplace has rules as well, but a year seems very harsh. I mean, obviously, there were some warnings along the way that obviously came to some sort of. I mean, that's is there, is that obvious? Do we know that? I, my guess is, well, my guess is based on that the owner came out and said they hired a law firm to do, you know, a report to, to look into it for the last month as they knew about it, you know, prior to that month, right? They asked somebody to come and do a report on it. So my guess is they did know about it before that. And my, so that would be my assumption is there somewhere along the line. Now, that doesn't mean that the suspension part has to be true, but obviously they knew something was going on and they had probably asked him to stop is why which they hired somebody to look into it, all that can be discussed on what the, you know, that the right way to do it or not, but somewhere along the line, I was talking to my dad about this yesterday because he worked in the fire department. I was like, well, how about relationships and like the regard, like just as a workplace like that, how, how are those set up? And he said, well, that gets tricky, right? He said, but the reason they try to avoid that is because if there is a split of some regard in the relationship at some point is that there can be, you know, there could be, well, this per my supervisor had favorites over th there can be very, Thing. So they yeah. have this language in the contract. So I'm just wondering if there's, they're going to fire him when it gets back or something like that. If there's something that's in the contract that they just don't feel, I don't know. It just seems so weird to me that you would hire him. You wouldn't fire him. You just suspend him for a year. It just seems odd to me. And then to think he comes back and have, would have the respect of the team. Let's take this to the court a little bit of the respect of the team. They have a new, a new coach, Joe Mazula. He's been the assistant there since 2019 little coaching in the G league, Fairmont state 4319 players seem to like him. Tatum says he's helped him a lot, but how does this transition to the court? You know, there's still the favorites, which was kind of surprising to me. And there's still either plus 600 favorites on the East to make it uh, to the finals. Uh, do you think this hat to me, it's been a weird off season too. What do you think how, the, how this plays out for the Celtics on the court? I don't, it doesn't, I don't think it plays out well. It doesn't make them better. I know that. They were already inconsistent, and I just think this makes them more inconsistent. And then you have Jalen Brown being in trade rumors, which probably 
which rumors or that he's wasn't happy about that. So like this, it just it seems like a bag of it. It seems like it's not going to be very good. I, I can't imagine it. I can't think of a word. But and they, have, very, and, they, and they have Robert Williams out for the first like eight to twelve week or twelve weeks of the season too. So that's going to be three months. So I think there's going to be some inconsistency. Maybe that's the word you're yeah. looking forward to the start of the season there with them. I think they're very interesting. They, they become one of the more interesting teams to start the start the year now. Because last year they got off to such a bad start. I think there's a world where they do get off to a good start. Maybe have a little extra juice Use just to kind of gas. Prove, prove some doubt or wrong a little bit there, especially with the new coach too in there. He's not really associated with any trade bait. Really. You know what I mean? He's an assistant coach. Yeah. Jalen Brown can't really be too offended at Joe. Right? <laughs> so yeah, maybe there's still something there. Franchise, like. I understand. I'm the just saying, if you're playing the game, it's not like sometimes. Ime was trying to trade him either, though. Yeah, but he's going to be there playing the game. He's not going to be in the moment thinking of the franchise overall. Like I think he'll yeah. be. They, I, I, I think, think it's going to be a very nice well. Then Jalen Brown's softer than we think. That's the case of it. So I think, I mean, I, I think a lot of players don't like being in trade rumors. So it doesn't mean they come out and play like garbage. Well, I mean, some of them. I, I'm not. No, I don't, I don't like see Jalen Brown doing. He'll be inconsistent. He was inconsistent last year. I think the Williams. The team was inconsistent last year. Yeah, we'll see. I think they're going to be. I think they'll get off to a good start. I think overall it will hurt them though. Uh, come down the stretch of the season, um, when maybe the upper part of the the lower part of the division starts to get conference starts to get better. Um, so, anyway, Celtics. It sounds like you don't have them doing very well in the in the. In they'll the, probably win like forty seven games. That's still pretty good. Uh, we'll see where they finish over there. Okay. That's not bad though, 47. If they're in that range, that means they're still right there with 50, 50 wins there at the season over there. And they like, like I said, Williams' injury is the key one for me um, coming back. I think there's a world where they could play, get kind of get to 55 wins again. Like I said, if Tatum progresses, he's always the key. I mean, how much better can Tatum get too? So we'll see there with the Celtics. Um, like I said, one of the more intriguing teams now going forward. All right, number. Uh, Number two news story. We'll go quicker through this one. I got Sarver selling the team. Possibly he's going to get $4.6 billion to get for the team. I mean, is there a world where maybe some of these owners start selling teams? I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of money considering like Lakeham bought a team for like the Warriors like 10, 15 years ago, something like that for like 500 million. Now these things are going for 4.6 billion. One little quick thing on Sarver I thought was interesting from the week too. I thought why I brought it up as a news story is he last week when we did this podcast, people were mad at Silver for not kind of suspending him longer or kicking him out of the league. Basically, I think it was part of a grander scheme. I think Silver do this was all as much as he could do, but he told. I think the players. I think he knew that LeBron James tweet was coming out right away. I think he knew that stuff was coming because there are no dummies. Public pressure was going to get this guy out, right? So I feel like they all kind of worked together to get. I don't think it was like. Paul and LeBron or anything like that, like coming out. I think it was a grand scheme and just public pressure getting the, getting the Sarver out and it worked. And I think the atom bomb was Michael Jordan. I don't think he ever had, to, I think Sarver knew that possibly if Michael Jordan ever had to come out and say something like, it's just kind of like the ultimate death to your team's yeah. franchise. Like nobody's going there. Right. In a sense. So uh, that's kind of my theory. I think, I think all along, I think once, I think once uh, Silver knew legally there was only so much they could do to get him out. Like, I think that was the grand play was public pressure, man. Just get this guy completely out. Like sponsors gone star players saying nobody will play with an NBA made a mistake. 
So I think that was a big news story in terms of just <laughs> just the, the setup, I feel like, which was well played to get him out after what happened there. And then I always I find it interesting that Jordan, I think, was the final play. I think he did, I think he would have been the final play there uh, with Sarver. Um, See, I feel like the there? big part was when PayPal pulled out and said, we're not going to sponsor you. And then no oh, one yeah. else wanted to, what? I said, oh, yeah, I agree. And I think that was the biggest set. Once the money affects it, then like, and the players obviously were going to pile on and not pile on in a bad way, but like continue to kick the rocks, get this guy out of the league where he should be. He doesn't belong in the league. Like, well, if that's your like real way you treat people and how you like, it just, yeah, you got to go. So finally he gets out there. We'll see who takes over the Suns there, but he'll, he'll make a pretty penny on his way out. All right, number one news story of the week. Pools hits number seven hundred. Uh, I thought I didn't think I'd see it again. Uh, he, <laughs> he ends up with seven. He hits, he hits two against the Dodgers in dramatic fashion. He has a way of doing it on his five hundredth home run. He hit two home runs that same day. On his six hundredth home run, he hit a grand slam. And obviously, for seven hundred, he hits two in the same game with five RBIs. Uh, the machine. That's what he does. We've talked about him a few times as the season's gone on this year. Uh, I figured this might be our final time talking about him, but. 700, Tyler, that's number four, the fourth guy to ever join it. Think about all the players that have played Major League Baseball a ton. And it's pretty crazy. He's the only the fourth member to ever join it. Uh, I mean, I just didn't think five years ago he was going to get there. I knew he was close. I just didn't think he'd have another couple. 20. I didn't think he would hit. I didn't think he hit 50 in that, that amount of time the last three years. So yeah. uh, this year he's got 21. I didn't think. He'd I mean, just a month ago, I was like, there's no chance he's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like. I didn't think uh, he had Shout out to the greatest hitter in our lifetime outside of Bonds, right? I, I would say he's the best hitter. So, yeah. uh, and it just goes to show how dominant he was in those first 10 years in St. Louis. Just because he had a decade of being a like, not a decade, like eight years of being like a mediocre, to above average player. Like, he wasn't great with the Angels. He had a couple years where he was still like an all star MVP. Yeah, he had a couple of 40 homers. He had a 40, one, he had like a yeah, 41 like, homer. And just shows how great he was in those first that first decade in St. Louis. No, and he and what and it could was, have been if he never left. And it was ten years. He was he was unreal. He was just out of his world those first ten years. I don't. I mean, his batting average. Let's see, one of the, he was over three hundred every year, but his last year in St. Louis. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's yeah. also a complete hitter in that regard. He had over thirty home runs every year. Hit forty multiple times. Actually, hit forty more than he hit thirty with St. Louis. What's the so, most memorable home run he hit for you? Well, for Lidge, obviously, to me, it's a, just a, the a massive. One? The one off Brad Lidge is yeah, just yeah. a massive home run. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. And a championship game to stave off elimination and just hit a bomb like that. With, the, I mean, I, it shocked me then. It's still, to me, the greatest home run I've seen, like watching in person at the time with that big a moment on the line against that great a hitter. Lidge had nasty stuff, too. Uh, a slider was unhittable, and he just – I mean, he didn't just hit it a little bit. I think he cranked it out of the stadium, if I remember, too. Uh, yeah, it like went over the, the train tracks. Over the train tracks. So, yeah, he destroyed it. So, number one news story of the week, definitely Albert Pujols. He gets the big shout-out there uh, for the winner of the week. Uh, or not winner of the week, but for uh, number one news story of the week. I couldn't throw Aaron Judge in there. He didn't get it. He only tied it with 60. So, he's not – I couldn't get Aaron Judge number one yet. So, he just hasn't been on it. I need a miracle fantasy run. I need 12 home runs a day and 50 RBIs. Can I get that? In <laughs> Can I get that? Let's go. Uh, I need, to, I need, I like picked up Stan just for that effect. Can he somehow get three home runs and you know, 
it's a miracle game. <laughs> we'll see what happens in that regard. So, damn it, I'm going to lose that league. So, number one news story of the week, Pool 700 home run milestone. Damn, baseball is not as popular. It's not, it's not as big a deal. So, all right, Tyler, let's get, move on here to the last segment we got of the week here, winners and losers of the week. Um, I'm going to go first with my winner of the week this week. I got uh, – we didn't talk any college football at all. So I'm going to mention a little college football here. The best play of the day I saw yesterday, you, you had a great tweet, said it reminded you of the Ed Reed against Boston College play uh, when he was at the U, Miami University. It was Texas A&M yesterday, Arkansas. An unnecessary dive, I feel like, from the, from the four-yard line to the end zone. It seemed a little far there, and he gets the, you know, a little loose there, gets it knocked out. Texas A&M recovers the fumble about the two-yard line. I think made a three technically gets about to the 20 and you see the one guy coming around, hands it off to him. Beautifully done. You never see that on the defense takes it to the house for the touchdown. Gives them the lead. I feel like, right. I feel like they, they kind of switched the game. They were up like yeah, made them up or yeah, tied it up. Yeah. Something like that. Tied it up or they gave, got the lead at that point. Uh, but just the play of the day, I mean, just an awesome play. So winner of the week. And I don't, I'm not a big Texas a fan, but that play, uh, <laughs> get winner of the week for that play you don't see that very often just the yeah, awareness on defense that was like an offensive awareness play on defense so for sure well it was a well great done. play so um, your winner of the week my winner of the week is those creepy smiles great marketing tool i don't whoever put that together just those creepy smiles in baseball i didn't I, you posted something about it, like what the heck is he talking about smile people and then you sent me a couple of pictures and like man these guys are creepy as hell what is this and then i looked that it up especially like, yeah <laughs> at the a's game and then i looked into it and i was like my god these guys are weird this is and now i want to see I, at least i looked up what the movie was so just for the marketing aspect i give the smile people winner of the week uh, did you see i think i showed you the video but the guy the one at the yankees game there's yeah, the guy, the guy standing up in blue. Did you see the one? There was one with the Yankees. I don't think it was on the highlight. I showed you, but the ball literally got the like foul tipped right back at his head, like on the net, and everybody like like reacts, and he's just like like the whole time. <laughs> like it's very impressive. He does not blink. I'm like, dang, this guy is unreal. Like that's live too. Like true professional. Yeah, they must have just sedated these people. But that woman was very well done. And did you see that she was standing up at the beginning? Uh, so she was standing at the beginning of the game, smiling like that, right behind the A's game, like just like that. And then the uh, security, they had, I mean, God bless the security. They had some big balls. They went over there. <laughs> down. I would have been scared. I said, no, I'm not going over there. I'm not talking that <laughs> You see that, that smile on her face? That's not a smile you want to go up and approach. Uh, anyways, you're right. And I guess they were like a good morning America. I saw them in the back or other things too. Like anything in the oh, back. Really? Yeah. So they were everywhere. I'm um, sure that I didn't see about the football. I didn't hear about that. All right. Loser of the week. Uh, and I had to go to the great detail because of the disturbing nature of it, but and I'm not a big fan of chess, but just look into it. People very disturbing, just very unnecessary ways to cheat. It just, uh, I just come on people. We can do better than this. We don't have to use devices that just, I mean, come on. We, we don't need to use devices like this to cheat in chess. This is unnecessary, but I guess apparently the best player in chess is accusing another player of beating him, uh, and he quit mid-game. I guess it's a big controversy in the chess department. I didn't look, and somebody told me about it. I slightly looked it up. It made me sick to my stomach to see what he was being accused of cheating. So look it up. People enjoy it. 
uh, it's disturbing. But well, it's a very interesting. You don't see it very much. And how, how? I mean, because you think, how could you cheat in chess? How how could you possibly cheat in chess when somebody's watching? Let's just say there is creative people out there. There are very creative people out there. Sometimes a little too creative. So loser of the week, the cheaters in chess. Uh, went a little too deep. Let's say that way. Let's spit it that way. That's the that's the clue. What's yeah. the furthest you the furthest extent you've gotten to cheat on a test? Oh. In the last year? No, in your whole life. I mean, I probably you know if I'm not. No, I'd probably look at somebody's paper on a test. Once, you know, like, okay. you know, that's not too bad. Everyone's probably done that. Uh, cheating's never been a big thing. I said that even about cheating when we were talking about the Celtics guy, right? Like cheating, having a like having an affair on somebody. Like I'm telling you, like to me, that just seems like major stress, <laughs> beyond stress. Like I don't think I could ever get there just for that reason alone. Like how could you manage too? Some Wonder. people love stress. They like oh, women. So they can't work without it. I mean, be having one wife, it's hard enough. How could you have it? Right. I, mean, I don't right. understand how that would work. My mind would explode. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that but I think that, maybe that's the point is it's not your wife. You get to like just walk away and leave. Like it's not like oh, go do the dishes now. Oh, I don't know. That, that's I, get, I get what you're saying. I, I couldn't do it. Uh, all right. So loser of the week, anybody that does that as well. So, <laughs> uh, All right, Tyler, you're, you're loser of the week. Um, my loser of the week was probably my most entertaining, the most entertaining thing of the week for me was Sakor Stevenson. While well, he looked great boxing, Who is? Yeah, he's a while well, he looked great boxing. He's one of the top prospect, not prospects anymore. He's twenty five, but he missed yeah. weight. I liked how he went about it, but just you, you signed a contract, make weight is like how I think about it. And he, but he looked great. I can't wait to watch him fight in 135. Hopefully, get Cheney or. So why is he the loser of the week if he looks? Because he missed weight. You sign the contract, make weight. So what? So what? Is there really any punishment for him? Well, you had to give the guy 130 thousand dollars. <laughs> that doesn't seem like much of a deal. He probably still got more than him in the mix. He got five million. <laughs> he probably still made more. He sounds like a winner of the week to me, Tyler. You know, because you don't get to be a winner if you can't hold up your end of the bargain. Like it just. Bad. So I hope I hope it's not held against them later. Like, cause it's not good. Like to be known as someone who misses weight. Again, will boxing ever get their matchups right? Will they ever have a big fight again? Like, they got the right guys fighting at the right time. So this guy um, could be the next Mayweather, but he actually likes to fight people. So far, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens down the line when the money gets bigger and see what happens. But hopefully, it gets Haney or Lomachenko next. Um. All right. So that's our winners, losers of the week here. Tyler, that was kind of a wrap for our podcast here. A little bit different different direction than we did some of the weeks here, uh, but still, still good in the same way. Uh, Casey, hopefully we're going to jump back on with us next week. Again, check us out tonight on uh, Talking Gridiron. Talking the Gridiron there with Jimmy on the far, uh, far from far end of the bench podcast. Um, should be good. Like I said, Niners, uh, Niners, Raiders. Maybe we can get some other people on to even come on for 10 minutes. Just see if each other, Pete Sharks. Mr. Johnson. Uh, to the Titans for five minutes, especially if they would beat my Raiders in dramatic fashion or vice versa. We can talk about that. See if they, so anyways, uh, check us out tonight on that show. will be good. It's going to be live. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I think it's been getting, been getting better with it too. So I uh, encourage you guys to check that out. Support us over there if you can. Tyler, week three. See if yep. my team can get on the board. The Raiders. Let's get another dub. Warriors will be back. Speaking of the dubs, 
Warriors will be back next week in action. Maybe we'll have a little bit more to talk about in the regard of the NBA with, with uh, things cranking out there. All right, Tyler, till then. All right, guys, peace. peace.